you are listening to Blockchain Beat. This episode was previously featured on the Blockchain PR podcast. Hi there, my name is Ana Paula Picasso and you are listening to the Blockchain PR podcast. So that's it. So welcome everyone to the first video episode of the Blockchain PR podcast. This is a special episode. We're going to talk about the Bitcoin halving that happened yesterday on the 11th of May. And for those who don't know me, my name is Ana Paula Picasso. And I have two special guests here with me. First one, she's been on the podcast before, is Emilia La Capra calling from, let me, let me see if I can pronounce, <laughs> Bracciano in Italy. Yes. <laughs> Great. Great. Hello. Emilia is a crypto blogger and also a friend. We've known each other for quite a long time. And the second guest here, First time in the podcast is Wilfred Michael calling from Lagos in Nigeria. Yes. He's the editor of Coinfomania. Hi, Wilfred. I'm nice. I'm doing well. Yeah, good. Well, welcome. Welcome for the first time. So I do sometimes write for Coinfomania if you guys want to know more. You know, get your daily dose of crypto news. Just go to coinfomania.com. And uh, so just a quick disclaimer for people watching this. This is not an investment advice. So if you want to invest your money, do it so wisely. So we're not here to tell you to buy or not buy Bitcoin. So we're just talking about the halving and what's going to happen. And we're recording Mm -hmm. today. At, on the 12th of May at 5 p.m. Uh, Central European time. And it's almost live, guys. It's like no editing, nothing. You can say whatever you guys want. And I'm also going to read out some tweets. And just to kick kickstart the episode, I'm going to uh, read out Peter Schiff's tweet here. <laughs> the almighty Peter. Uh, sorry, say again. The Almighty Peter. The Almighty Peter. <laughs> Our good friend, yes. Our good friend, Peter Chief. Um, happy Bitcoin halving to all my holder friends. But now that the halving has come and gone, what happens next? Shall I read out there again? There were some notifications coming on my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> Switch them off. Switch them off. I well, that thing is, I don't even know where they're coming from. (laughs) I said, well, it's not Peter Schiff, is it? I don't know. I'm gonna share my screen, so that's uh, gonna present it. Chrome tab. Uh, Yeah, that's his. Yeah, can you guys see it? Cool. Yeah. So yes. yeah, happy Bitcoin having to all my holder friends, 
but now the halving has come and gone. What happens next? So who do you want to answer <laughs> that uh, question? I, what happens next? I can go ahead if you want, Wilfred, or do you want to go first? I'll go first. So what Peter is actually failing to understand is that the halving is going to make Bitcoin more scarce than his beloved good that he has been holding since 2009 or for God knows how long. He has moved from $1,700 to $1,700 during the period that Bitcoin has moved from $1 to around $8,600 today. So we actually know who is losing at the end. Can never be Bitcoiners yeah yeah exactly there is this uh picture that you've surely seen it on twitter that shows uh the different stages of peter Schiff's age going <laughs> from i can't remember the years now but he shifts from young age to middle age and old and the price of gold is always one thousand seven hundred dollars <laughs> all the time uh, whereas with Bitcoin has moved on and obviously has uh, gained so much. Uh, you, Emilia, do you want to go ahead and explain a little bit about the halving? Yes. Because we, we, we were talking about calling this episode Bitcoin halving for normies like yeah. me <laughs> <I'm a normie. laughs> most people are normies we are normies too um, yeah, we are. <laughs> and uh, it, i think it, i'll try to explain the halving in a simple way so that right. even if people uh, don't know what this a, a massive event is uh, they can understand what we're talking mm -hmm. about and why it is so important so the halving is an event that happens in Bitcoin chain every four years, and that is by default as set up by Satoshi Nakamoto. Um, what happens is uh, every block that contains um, transaction, uh, basically um, with the halving sees uh, the generation of Bitcoins cut in half. So this is uh, as simply as I can explain it. So for example, when Bitcoin was first generated in 2008, it contained 50 Bitcoins per block. So every block generated by a miner used to contain 50 blocks. In 2012, it was cut in half to 25 Bitcoin per block. Uh, in 2016, on the second halving, it was cut even more in half to generate 12.5 Bitcoins. And yesterday we had the third halving ever and the uh, number of Bitcoins generated per block was cut into uh, in half again and uh, in order to generate 6.25 Bitcoins. Now, why is this so important? Uh, this relates to everything that is happening lately. With the crisis, um, uh, we have seen the Fed, the Federal, um, uh, the Federal Reserve of America uh, printing out money just like they are 
thin air, like Trump used to uh, actually <laughs> call uh, Bitcoin thin air, I think we can uh, refer to the dollar like thin air because the Fed can decide to print out two, three trillion dollars just out of thin air and they can do it. Now, why is this so important? I'm going to share actually because I think it's quite interesting. Yeah, please do. Yeah. Uh, it's quite interesting to see um, something that happened yesterday during the halving. So um, the last block, let me just, okay, right. Can you see block chair? Can you see my screen? Yeah. Yes, okay. you can. Yeah. So this is the last block that was mined with uh, 12.5 Bitcoins. And it was block number 629999. Um, what it contained was a very special message, which was New York Times 9 of April 2020 with 2.3 trillion injection dollar injection feds plan far exceeds 2008 rescue now why is this so important because this refers to an article that was published by the new york times can you see it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, this is what appeared uh, as a message on the last block mind yesterday with can you, uh, Emilia just yeah. because people are going to be listening on the podcast as well can you just read out the headline yeah yeah uh, it says with a 2.3 uh, trillion dollar injection feds plan far exceeds it's 2008 rescue Is now, times uh, uh, yeah this was an article that uh was actually published on the 9th of april just just when the fed announced this plan of uh, uh printing out out of thin air these 2.3 trillion dollars um, why, why was this put uh, as a message on the last block of the halving? Because it refers to a special message that Satoshi actually uh, published on the first block he ever mined in 2008. And I have a screenshot. Uh, well, it's not actually a screenshot. Can you see it? So this says Genesis block. And you can read uh, the Times, uh, I'm going to read it out. The Times on the 3rd of January 2009, Chancellor on brink of, uh, on brink of a second bailout for banks. So you can imagine how uh, much of an impact it had, the message that yesterday was released on the last uh, block because obviously it was uh, a homage to um in honor of satoshi on satoshi first block that was ever mined the genesis block and it was referring to the economical financial crisis of 2008 when you will, we all remember that that was a massive crisis back then caused by the banks there was a massive bailout of banks and now with the crisis um, that we have today due to the coronavirus, 
um, the, the Fed is printing out new money again. And the article of the New York Times is actually saying that the Fed's plan far exceeds the 2008 rescue. So it's even worse. Now, this relates back to Bitcoin. Just stop me if I'm talking too much, but I think this is a very important point. Uh, this relates back to Bitcoin because while the Fed is injecting money out of thin air, just like that, $2.3 trillion, uh, Bitcoin issuance is actually cut in half. So it's exactly the opposite of what the Fed is doing. And this is exactly the reason why uh, people are putting a lot of confidence in Bitcoin and uh, um, because it will be not so much of an inflationary asset, just like the dollar. And this is why, because uh, there are so many theories that Bitcoin is just going to grow over time and it's, get, it's going to increase in value because of its scarcity, because it is uh, becoming more and more scarce. Talking and I'll about, stop here. <laughs> sorry, talking about um, inflation and Satoshi, what I've known, what I've read about it, is Satoshi wrote the Bitcoin halving into into the you know into the bitcoin to cut or to decrease the inflation through the years so that this halving will have the inflation or decrease inflation well yes because obviously uh, with the asset becoming more and more scarce uh, it defeats its inflation completely whereas the dollar um, becoming so much available um, it's just going to uh, decrease in value over time mm -hmm. we've seen for example um, talking about past times in uh, during the second world war uh, Germany had to print out, um, I cannot remember how many um, uh, national currency back at the time, but it had to print out a lot of money in order to cope with the crisis that they were mm -hmm. having. And the rate of inflation that they had was so high that um, it, it basically turned out to be a quick fix just uh, there and then, but then over the time it actually was like a boomerang it, it actually um uh, was a a shield that was uh, going against their national economy so this is why um people believe so much into um into um into bitcoin and uh, not so much anymore into the dollar uh, do you want me to uh, okay. yeah so, Wilfred, do you want to add anything else? Yeah, just as we, Emilia, Emilia had done the greater part of the explanation. What the halving just means to a basic or somebody who is learning about Bitcoin for the first time is that Bitcoin is becoming more scarce. When you compare this to other cryptocurrencies, we know that XRP has 1 billion tokens in circulation per mind. That makes it less valuable. The scarcity of Bitcoin, the 21 million Bitcoins that we have that we ever go into circulation, and the fact that this is going to be spread across several hundreds, I think a hundred years at least, 
makes Bitcoin so valuable. Over time, we are definitely going to see an increase in the price. It's just the basic law of economics. The higher the demand and with a lower supply, price actually has to shoot up. Actually, Bitcoin has no other option than to go to the moon. Exactly. Yes. I cannot hear you. I think you muted yourself. Sorry, I'm muted. Uh, <laughs> I can play conference call bingo. Sorry, I was on mute. <laughs> and um, going back to what Peter Schiff said, what happens next? Is Bitcoin becoming a safe haven for investors? What do you guys think? Do you want to start, Wilfred? Yeah, sure. The thesis of Bitcoin being a safe haven is one that I've lasted for a pretty long time. Uh, in my own opinion, I actually believe that over time we will see Bitcoin grow into a safe haven. The half thing that we just witnessed yesterday is another step in that, in that direction. As the scarcity continues to grow, now Bitcoin is going to have, after the next half thing, Bitcoin is going to have an inflation rate that is way lower than gold. So if gold can manage to achieve such a large market cap, there is absolutely no reason why we cannot expect Bitcoin to grow in value over time. The volatility continues to be there and we know that as long as the institutions are not yet there, we have them but they are not yet there in their numbers. As long as institutions venture into the industry, we have Bitcoin futures products here and there, but we still lack a Bitcoin ETF, especially in the United States. While we had a progress in Canada from last month, I think a Bitcoin fund of around $40 million was listed. So with more people getting involved with Bitcoin, the volatility is sure to go down. Mm -hmm. So that's mm -hmm. basically what it is for Bitcoin as a safe haven asset. You can expect that to happen over time, but I wouldn't say right now that Bitcoin is finally a safe haven asset. Although an investor that is talking about five years, 10 years, in a, uh, I mean, a better way to preserve their wealth. To them, Bitcoin is still a safe haven asset because it can preserve their wealth just as it has done throughout the last decade. And what's my curious, my, I'm a little bit curious about what uh, the similarities, for instance, in Nigeria and, and countries like in South America, like Argentina and Venezuela, even more so. What's, what's the role of cryptocurrencies because here in Europe we don't see our fiat money losing its value uh, whereas in Venezuela, Argentina, I'm not too sure about Nigeria, uh, how, what's the role of, of Bitcoin or crypto in Nigeria? Okay, so to begin in that regard, I would point out first that Bitcoin is not as popular in Nigeria as it is in most countries. But I'll give you an example that clearly explains why Bitcoin is valuable. Uh, when there was an oil crash a few weeks ago, uh, the Naira lost its value by around 30%. So what that basically means is that if you are holding a thousand dollars, what you are actually ending up with is $700, from $1,000 to $700,000, from $1,000 to $700. So what that basically means is that you've lost your money, even though you didn't do mm -hmm. anything with the money. Mm -hmm. But I uh, actually saw that coming. I had to buy some Bitcoin as a hedge against what was coming. And when the value of the Naira dropped, I actually made 
a few extra naira mm -hmm. because of the devaluation of the currency. So I think that's basically what we have in Venezuela, Argentina, and other places. With the currency likely to go down in value over time, Bitcoin is actually the, the perfect hedge. Can I ask you, Wilfred, why do you think it's not popular over there yet? What, do you, what is stopping something like Bitcoin to become more... Um, is it because people think it's too expensive or...? Uh, actually, the, the issue around Bitcoin adoption in Nigeria is basically one that is also in many countries. When Bitcoin came around, it was mainly publicized by scammers or fraudsters. So many people, when you tell them about Bitcoin, they think about it as a fraudulent investment or something of that nature. So that makes it difficult. It's one of the major barriers that we have to adoption. Right. Or for those that live on the internet like us, we basically know that Bitcoin is not something mm. like that. So over time, I expect that stance to soften. Uh, if it softens, mm. then we are likely to see more adoption mainly in nigeria here bitcoin is used by freelancers as a means of collecting payments from other countries when you paypal and other payment gateways they don't allow nigerians on their platform to receive money even though we can send money outside nigeria but with bitcoin there is freedom for everyone you can actually yeah. send and receive money so so PayPal put a, a barrier so you can't receive money from abroad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We can't receive yeah. money from abroad. That's why even those that work with us on Confirmania, they know that we don't accept PayPal. We prefer to get paid in Bitcoin because of the convenience mm -hmm. that, that it affords us. Uh, another flock of crypto users that we have in Nigeria are traders. We have many traders on Binance, on OKEX, and they are organizing workshops here and there just to create awareness for, for Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. So I think as the years go by, we are likely to see more adoption than we are seeing right now. So it is relatively easy to buy Bitcoin or crypto? Yeah, I, I use a particular crypto exchange. I won't mention their names because we are not promoting them. No. Uh, I can actually go from... You can, uh, but the name is Bitcoin. I can actually go from from Bitcoin to Naira under five minutes or ten minutes. And I can actually go back to Bitcoin as it's hmm. only that sometimes their fees are high. Let's say around... Well, I wouldn't say one percent is high. Their fees are usually in the one percent region, so yeah, I can get out of Bitcoin very easily mm -hmm. and seamlessly. And do you have to go through a very strict KYC in order to access this exchange, just like it is in Europe or in America? Yeah, the actually it was only after the Financial Action Tax Force enforced the rule on exchanges that they started asking for KYC data. But before now, we could use the exchange freely. But when they asked for it, I had to give them my data. After all, Bitcoin is more valuable than all of that. <laughs> and then what about moving to price predictions? Uh, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about that, Emilia, about that guy. What's his name again? Plan B? Well, that, that, that's, that's probably how... not his name. Um, yeah, it's uh, how he appears. He goes for 
yeah. He goes for plan B. Yeah. Yeah. So this actually brings us back to what I was uh, telling before about the correlation between inflation and the dollar and Bitcoin, why it is becoming scarcer, whereas the dollar is becoming more available. Now, um, this uh, Twitter um, account that is called Plan B, nobody knows who it is. Uh, actually, I saw a live stream yesterday. It was uh, even... Uh, it was not appearing uh, on the screen. Um, so, but he, it's very interesting the kind of study that he did because um, we can understand from what he, uh, from his model, how Bitcoin is uh, going to become scarcer and scarcer, and this is why it is going to increase in value. Now, let me share another yes, bit of screen do. here. So, what he what he talks about oh actually i'm not sharing am i no not no. yet but let me share my screen yeah now it's coming yeah. up yeah perfect so, so he calls this model stock to flow as you can see here um now what does it mean stock um stock and flow uh they he refers to um initially to the stock of uh, to the stock and flow uh correlation of uh other precious assets like the gold and the silver so um what he discusses is very much correlated between bitcoin and gold and why he believes that in 2022, around 2022, um, the, the scarcity and the ratio between stock and flow is actually going to be in favor of Bitcoin, uh, more in favor of Bitcoin than of gold. And that's when he sets uh, like a timeline where Bitcoin is finally getting even more important, more scarce and more of a safe haven than gold. Uh, why? Why this is happening? I think it's, uh, we try to explain in a simple way. Uh, as you can see from the chart here, um, he considers stock as uh, what has already been uh, mined. Uh, if we're talking about gold, uh, we're talking about what he's already in existence. So what he's already uh, what has already been mined, and that is what he calls a stock. Whereas flow is uh, the amount of gold that is uh, mined and uh, found and produced within one year in the future. Does it make sense? It's quite easy as a con concept, I guess. So um, he considers uh, the stock of, B of, uh, of gold in uh, tons is 185,000 tons. Uh, this is what's been mined and produced in terms of gold until now, what is already in existence. The circulating supply. The, the circulation, yeah. 
Um, so whereas the flow is what is uh, produced every year. So every year there, uh, there, are, there is a new uh, production of gold of 3,000 tons. Okay, so this is for the future. Now the ratio is seven. He found this number, the ratio is 62, which if you multiply 62 by three is 185. So this is how he uh, calculates this. Now, if we... Uh, consider the quantity of Bitcoin right now um, that is in existence. And uh, if we want to look at the exact number, we look into CoinMarketCap and we see the uh, what has been mined so far in terms of Bitcoin. You can see uh, it's 18,375,750 um, Bitcoins mined so far. So this is considered, um, the circulation supply is considered the stock, okay? Um, what's going to be um, generated, what's going to be produced uh, every year from now on, from this halving that, let's keep in mind, has cut the production of Bitcoin in half, so what is uh, produced every year from now on uh, is actually going to overcome the production, the ratio of production of uh, uh, the stock to flow in gold. Uh, does it make any sense at all? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. So this is why he is considering that in the future, uh, actually in the very near future, just in two years, Bitcoin ratio of stock to flow is going to overcome the stock to flow ratio of gold. And that's when uh, we are expecting a Bitcoin to uh, to go to the moon, really. Uh, that's why he set up uh, this. Um, price of Bitcoin reaching $100,000 by the end of 2021. You might have heard of this because um, it is actually nowadays it's quite uh, popular to hear that Bitcoin is going to reach $100,000. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly the reason why. Obviously, we're not going into mathematical uh, functions and uh, why he got to that number but it's important to know that uh, Bitcoin's ratio of stock to flow is going to overcome gold's uh, ratio of stock to flow. So in your opinion his predictions based on his calculations are the most plausible or um, they are quite are plausible. You? Obviously, I am not capable of analyzing his uh, calculation because mm -hmm. I think, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you need to be a sure. good mathematician, I guess. Uh, but he is, his prediction makes a lot of sense. If you think about in simply in terms of scarcity, uh, it does make a lot of sense. Uh, he's not talking rubbish at all. Um, and uh, uh, this actually takes us back to the current halving that just happened because the real important message of this halving is that Bitcoin is going to get scarcer, uh, whereas the dollar is going to get more available. And uh, even uh, so now the two safe haven are Bitcoin and gold, but even in two years, Bitcoin is going to 
um, to be even more of a safe haven than than gold. We well, might have heard, like in the last couple of days, like two three days ago, uh, also these very important hedge fund manager uh, Paul Tudor Jones. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So he's uh, a massive investor. He's obviously one of the richest uh, in America, and he actually um, confirmed that he owns two percent of his assets in Bitcoin, and it tells you a lot when somebody like that invests. Two percent is quite a lot of a massive uh, uh, portfolio. Yeah. Portfolio, yes. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so I think it's, um, I think the future is, is actually pretty he's bright. Something. Sorry? He's on to something. He's on to something. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure a lot more are just going to follow. But this is not a, a investment advice, right? No, it's not. <laughs> but any, any, words about, any words about price? I was going to add something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was going to add something on the plan, plan B model that you just analyzed. Actually, this is the first time that I'm seeing a clearer picture of everything that the guy has in mind. And uh, as it is, I think it's been over a year since he released, released that stock to flow model. Had it been, it's not something plausible. We know the crypto industry as it is would have bashed it on, from the one. So the analysis have been proven over time and with the half in just reminding us that Bitcoin is scarce. Uh, there is this phrase that we have an unlimited amount of dollars to buy a limited amount of Bitcoin. So gradually we expect over time that even if his prediction doesn't come 100% accurate, it should be around mm. 80%. And that would, that would mean Bitcoin going on to what a lot. Yeah, that's a good point. Because uh, nowadays, if it was uh, if it was a scam or if it wasn't particularly accurate, he would be busted by now for sure. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the the case of the stimulus bill also comes to mind. The Americans spent most of their stimulus checks buying Bitcoin, and we already know that they are in profit with their investments. Tells us a lot more of, about having unlimited amount of dollars to buy a limited amount of bitcoins. Hmm. Yeah. So Ingrid, um I know in the coin for many you've been interviewing few people about Bitcoin in the last few weeks. One of them was Bitcoin strategies from Kraken. Oh and other people as well. I think there is a new um uh yeah. um, let me just yeah. share quickly from Coinfomania. Uh, let me share my screen here. That's presenting. Tab. Uh, yep, Jason Williams, co-founder of Morgan Creek Digital. So is there anything you want to share with us about the interviews you've been doing? Um, here on CoinFormania, you have an interview with Jason Williams and, co and his 12-year-old daughter, a Bitcoiner. <laughs> yeah, so, the, yeah. the, the case of uh, Jason's 12-year-old daughter will actually bring us back to Peter Schiff because the reason why we actually followed up on the story 
was that Peter Schiff came to comment on the guy's post where he said that the daughter went all in on Bitcoin. So Peter Schiff came back in at the young girl and the community also, as it always goes, mm -hmm. goes back against Peter. So we had to follow up on the story. So it turns out the little girl has pretty much a good interest on Bitcoin, even though she admits not knowing much about other cryptocurrencies. Uh, she says, according to her, that Bitcoin is money to her, that Bitcoin is usable money, and that is cooler than other digital currencies that she has used in games. So going all in on Bitcoin, actually, she's just 12, uh, almost the same age as as Bitcoin is. So I think True. that tells us how much of the younger generation will actually go for Bitcoin. I was trying to get in on oil when the market crashed. And then I realized, actually, how easy it is to get into Bitcoin. But I had to sign up on many brokers. And even those brokers had deposit limits. But with Bitcoin, even somebody with $5 can actually buy Bitcoin with the amount that they have. So as the years go by, we expect the younger generation to be more comfortable with investing in Bitcoin. We also had a chat with Pierre from from Kraken. Actually, yeah. his role was one that got me intrigued because I, I was wondering what a Bitcoin strategist means for an organization in this era. So he explained that his job is managing Kraken's strategy and helping to create Bitcoin products that will actually sell for them. And Pierre, as you know, also has a bullish prediction about Bitcoin. He says he expects Bitcoin to hit at least 100K in the years mm -hmm. ahead. And in his words, he says the halving cannot be priced in because it's something that will, will see the benefits over time. Good, good, good. And anything else you guys want to add? Shall we look at what Twitter is saying about Bitcoin halving? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So i just going to share the tab here. Just one second. So, yeah. So, that's what the top tweets right now. We have this guy here already counting for... <laughs> <laughs> the next Bitcoin happening. So it's 1,458 days until the next Bitcoin happening. Um, what else interesting here? Let's have a look. Um, and I'm sorry, guys, that you're listening on, on the podcast. You can see the screen right now. But uh, just scrolling down the top tweets with the hashtag Bitcoin having. Um, uh, let's see what this guy is saying. Um, a disproportionately large amount of bitcoins cumulative since inception return has come within one year of having date. So, now yeah. with regards to to the price, I can mm -hmm. actually comment on what happened in the previous two halvings. Because um, yeah, everybody was expecting the price of Bitcoin to go crazy now. It's never happened before. It's never happened like that before uh, during the, the previous two halvings. So actually, I would say that this time the price of, of uh, Bitcoin has actually kept really well because in the previous yeah. two halvings, the price had actually gone down. Now, we see 
what happens in the next few days because this is going to be a shock for miners because obviously they see their reward cut in half so we don't know yeah. what's going to happen yeah. we don't know if they're going to sell their asset if we cannot if they cannot keep that way um it's going to be interesting what's happening is what's going to happen in the next few weeks uh, after um, the shock um, of miners um, process actually uh, after we get over this in the next few weeks we should actually expect uh, the price of bitcoin started to grow again um, let's keep in mind the last halving was in 2016 in june i think i believe in june 2016 the next, the following all-time high was in December 2017 when Bitcoin got to 20,000. So yeah, within it. it took a year and a half for Bitcoin from the halving to go back to its, uh, to go to its all-time high. So if we consider, and even with the previous halving, it happened exactly the same. After about one year, Bitcoin reached uh, the all-time high of the time. Um, so if we keep that way and if we if the current situation reflects what's happened in the previous two halvings, we should not expect uh, Bitcoin new all-time high before December 2021. But we all know with Bitcoin anything can happen, so uh, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. Fingers crossed. <laughs> but I would be happy if Bitcoin got to 100,000 by the end of 2021. That would be good. Uh, don't we yeah. all? Don't we all, Emilia? <laughs> so now is um, the time for you guys to talk about yourselves. Any plugs? Coinformania, Wilfred. People want to subscribe the newsletter. Do you guys have oh. a newsletter? Yeah, we have a newsletter for our readers that we send out mm -hmm. weekly uh confirmania is actually a fast growing crypto media publication we've been around for we've been around for close to two years now and we actually adopted a new approach with our reporting that is turning out well we know that readers don't want to see on your website the information that they can easily find on other websites so we are taking a unique approach to our reporting most news that you find on Confirmania, we can assure that you won't find them on anywhere else unless they are reporting after we did. So we strive to bring in timely news reports. So anybody that is interested can always visit Confirmania.com. We are available on Twitter. We are on Telegram. We are also on Facebook. Good. And if, if people want to follow Confirmania on Twitter and yourself? What yeah, I'm Crypto with Fred on Twitter. Crypto with Fred on Twitter. Quip at Crypto Wilfred and at Coinformania. Yeah. Just at Coinformania. Yeah. Cool. And you, Emilia, you know, you write for many different publications. So yeah. I've been writing for Coinformania as well. It was a great yes. uh, experience, yeah. actually. Oh. Um, you and, the one introduced me to Wilfred. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <It's> good. <laughs> Collaborating. Collaborating. Yeah. Um, 
I am currently uh, writing more, um, uh, I'm doing more research about Bitcoin and blockchain and I'm writing for a couple of, uh, um, as a content writer for mm -hmm. a couple of uh, companies. Uh, one is Blockco and the other one is Ulam. I've just started a collaboration with them. They're a, a blockchain software company. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been writing for about a year, changing my life, changing my career completely, <laughs> and it was the best decision I've ever taken. Uh, I'm so happy because yeah. I can be working anywhere I want, uh, and I write mm -hmm. about something that I'm really passionate about. Um, so we'll see. Obviously, I'm growing my experience, and uh, um, yeah, we'll see what happens yeah. in the next few days, in the next few years. Yes, yes, yeah, definitely. And it's funny how things change. Me and Emilia, we had a corporate job in yes. London. <laughs> Nine to five. <laughs> Nine to five. Nothing to do with cryptocurrencies. No. And um, here we are now, a yeah. few years later, all, almost 10 years later, uh, yeah. making things happen with content and cryptocurrencies. Yeah. So, guys, thank you very much. It was a really nice chat. I hope people listening to us, my millions of listeners, <laughs> <laughs> can learn something. I definitely learned something myself. Like I said, um, you guys are more experts than me. And I'm a normie, so I'm learning new things every day. And um, hope to maybe record another episode in five years or four years <laughs> in four years for the next one and yeah, um, yeah. thank so, you Anna thank you very much thank you Anna bye bye bye, bye. thanks for listening if you want to know how blockchain PI can help your business grow just go to www.blockchainpr.online